man, you just, don't you just appreciate people so much more? You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, you just love people and you just appreciate them. And it's like, fellowship, man, so, so important, so sweet. Amen. Well, um, thank you, Lord. You know, um, have a specific word placed in my heart today. Um, and I feel like uh, there's going to be a point of uh, deliverance for some people today you know, here and online, and uh, God's got a real specific uh, word and a specific plan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, and so before I kind of dive into to that, I want to uh, start with just a little bit of an overview of God's, you know, His plan and His purpose for your life. And it's something that we talk, talk a lot about in here, but uh, I mean, know that that that, that God's God's plan for your life um, is freedom. You know, He wants to He wants to bring freedom to you, and uh, He, the human heart, um, flourishes in an atmosphere of freedom because you were you were created for freedom. You know, even initially in the garden, I mean, know oh, God didn't create automatons, but He created free beings that had the ability to choose. And, um, you know, love always brings freedom. Fear always brings control. Um, and, uh, you know, love always brings freedom. God is love, and he has, he, has, he has given us freedom as created beings, and His plan for our life is freedom. And uh, freedom, freedom feels good, you know. And because it's what you were created, it's what you were created to operate in, and um, and so that's God's plan for your life. And, and and Scripture declares that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom in that place. You know, wherever Jesus is in that place, there's there's freedom. And uh, you know, Jesus carried an atmosphere of freedom with him wherever he went. So much so that he uh, made people that weren't free nervous. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, he he had he carried freedom, and um, you know, and 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 he was sent into an environment that was heavily controlled, heavily controlled politically, um, heavily you know controlled uh, you know religiously, if you'll allow that term. And he came you know bringing freedom and demonstrating freedom in the earth, and uh, it made people nervous. You know, and I share this, I say this a lot, but freedom looks like rebellion to those who are still in slavery. Slaves see free people and they think, oh, those people are in rebellion, but really they're in freedom. Uh, but, but, uh, but it's difficult for someone who's in slavery to really comprehend what freedom is. Um, and people grow comfortable in, uh, in, in control and in slavery. Uh, you know, it sometimes can be easier, you know, just tell me what to do, you know, especially in Christianity, just tell me what to do, just what should I do, tell me what to do, but that, that's not the nature of the new covenant, the new covenant, you know, it lays it, you know, Hebrews 8, you know, uh, 10, 11, and 12, um, you know, it's not, it's, you know, not, you know, everyone, you know, teach his brother, saying, know the Lord, the Bible says, all shall know me from the least to the greatest, and so there's this, there, there's, an, there's this element of freedom that God has for us and has for our hearts that's exciting and it's fun 
and it's out of a place of relationship. But when you've lived your life in a place of control, freedom can be scary. Um, and it can be something that you're not sure about because um, you're, you're so used to being... You know, I can remember when we, when we stepped out of legalism when we got set free out of all that type of slavery... You know, we had a season of really scary because, like, I, we'd always just done what we were told, you know, and that's all we'd ever known, you know, just make the man of God happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just please the man of God, you know. And, um, but then uh, we, then we, in a place of freedom, and we stepped out of that, we, we had, we had to actually have a relationship with God. You know, where we're actually walking with God. We're not just doing what someone's telling us to do. We're having our own relationship and, you know, being led by the Spirit of God. And, and that's, a pla- that's, a greater, that's a place of greater relationship. It's a place of freedom. But for people who aren't used to that, it can be kind of a scary place because they now, you, you now have to have your own relationship with God. You know, you're not having your relationship with God through somebody else. You're having your own relationship with God. Now, that doesn't mean we, we you know, we don't do away with leadership. We still have leaders and and all of these things, and those things are important. That's the way, the, the way that God set up the body of Christ. But how I many you know that, that you're called to have your own relationship with God? Your own. He's going to speak to you in a way that uh, only you can hear and you can understand, and um, he, he loves that. And so anyway, so brought into to freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And truth, by its very nature, um, sets people free. Amen. Truth, truth just it just brings freedom, you know, and so um, that's God's plan for your, plan for your life. But the question is, how do you navigate uh, freedom? You know, how do you how do you how do you, you how many have to learn how to navigate and live in freedom when you've spent your life in bondage? You have to you have to actually kind of grow up a little bit. You know, there's an element of maturity that happens. You know. Um, in an atmosphere of staunch legalism, you don't have to grow up. You know, you don't have to have your own relationship. You don't have to mature. You just have to do what you're told. And legalism really can't produce maturity um, because it's more like a spiritual daycare. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's really it's more like a spiritual daycare where you know you do what you're told and you get this, and if you don't do this, you get that. And there's no element of responsibility of of relationship. And so, but in an atmosphere of freedom. You know, you have an opportunity to mature and to grow up and to have your own relationship with the Lord. And uh, that's what God wants for you. And uh, that's the intention, really should be the intention of the church, is to point you to Jesus so that you can have your own relationship with God, so that you can be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? And uh, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a healthy place. But at the same time, navigating freedom um, is something that, you know, we kind of learn how to do, you know. And really, to me, that's what, you know, you know when you raise children, you're, you're giving them uh, greater and greater levels of freedom, preparing them for the time when they have freedom and they become adults and they can do what they, can do what they want to do within reason, you know. And so that's, that's, to me, that's kind of what, you know, you, because, you know, at, you know, one of the things that we were challenged with, we used to run a teen center um, in downtown Frankfurt, and the kids we had the most trouble with were the kids whose parents were insanely strict, you know, just so, so strict. And those kids were the ones that really wanted to rebel uh, because they were so controlled. And, um, and, be, and, and so what happens a lot of times, you know, in an atmosphere where people are so controlled and so strict, you know, then a, a child becomes 18, and then all of a sudden they have all this freedom. 
How many know they've not learned how to navigate freedom? And so rather than excelling and moving forward, how I many you know there, there's a period of time, you know, for, for kids who grow up in a kind of a strict, you know, legalistic environment where they just kind of lose their minds. You know, they're like, I'm free and nobody can tell me what to do. Now, and, and, and so, but, but here's the thing. How I many know that, that there's all kinds of forces and influences out there that want to hurt you and want to harm you? And, and if you're not, you know, if kids aren't taught how to navigate freedom in increasingly, increasingly greater levels, then when freedom is placed upon them, they won't know how to handle it. You know, and so when we see a lot of kids, you know, kids that kind of, you know, they run out of the church environment and then they lose their minds for several years and go through a lot of pain and heartache. And, but I mean, you know, they always come back to the Lord, though, because that's how it works. You know, uh, they, they're going to come back. But how I many you know they could have been spared a lot of heartache if they learned how to navigate freedom? You know, and so um, it's out of a place of relationship, you know, and that's, you know, in our. In our home, you know, my 14-year-old, I'm, he's getting more and more freedom, you know. And he's learning how to navigate that freedom and learning how to handle it. And then uh, our two-year-old's trying to take over the house and be in control. <laughs> he's try, trying to be the tyrant. And, uh, um, but, you know, the level of freedom that Eli gets, two-year-old, is different than the level of freedom Ethan gets. Ethan gets more freedom. But, how I many you know, Ethan has more responsibility. And more is required of him, you know, because as a 14-year-old, you, know, you know, one of the things he's a little bit challenged with is he doesn't understand why Eli can get away with this and get away with that, but he's got to do this and he's got to be the bigger person, you know what I'm saying? Well, Eli doesn't get in trouble and he can pop me upside the head and, you know, and I can and, you know, and he's really, he's right, it's really not fair, you know, in, in the sense that you have to be the mature one in the room, but, you know. Um, also, Eli can't go on a bike ride with his friends for, you know, an hour and a half. You know, Eli can't stay up, you know, you know, late like Ethan can. He has more freedom, but he also has more responsibility. Amen. And so there, there's a, um, there's a place where, um, that, that liberty is stewarded. And because what you ultimately, what we want is we want our kids to hear God and to be led by the spirit of God for themselves. We don't want them you know, if, if, if I'm over him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to tell him everything to do, then when I'm no longer over him, I can't be in his back pocket, you know? And so greater likes, and they go, and they, they'll go down to, like, the football field, and, you know, they've got, you no, know, they've got freedom. I mean, he's, he's, he's handling it well, so I just continue to, to give him that freedom. But So it's probably about 10 o'clock at night and they're you know they're a little bit away from the house and they're in a place and he calls me up and he said dad he said I got he said I have a really bad feeling in my in my heart I have a check in my spirit and I said okay I said well well, talk to me about it and so what it was was they had another friend who had left his airpods down at the football field and then all of a sudden when they were going to go and get get those airpods it's, it's dark out you know, they were going to go get those AirPods. He got just this horrible feeling in his, in his spirit. Strongest check in his spirit he said he'd ever had in his life. And I said, well, I said, that's God speaking to you. And uh, I said, you need to listen to that. And that's God telling you whatever you're about to do, don't do it. Yeah. Now, I mean, we got Daddy Jeremiah, but then we got Daddy God. 
and, and, and my goal, you know, is to point my son to his father and my father so that the father can father him. And so the father is fathering him. And he's saying, son, don't do that. And so, um, and so I just told him, I said, you know, you need, to, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to come home. You know, and so, um, and so, and which, which is what he planned to do. And so he told all his friends and, uh, you know, they, they, they heated it. And then a the couple other friends started picking it up and start getting that, that check. And, um, and so, uh, and, and so they went to the, the other friend, then a couple of the friends still went to the football field, got the stuff. They couldn't find it. So it was at some, it was at the swings and he said, as soon as they mentioned the swings, that he got this horrible, just check. And they was like, you know, don't go there, man. Don't go there. So, they, so a group of them came home, um, and then uh, they, but they all recognized it. And they all recognized what was happening, right? And so no, no harm befell them. Uh, they were safe. And they all came home, and, and I just sat them down, and I talked to all of them. You know, I just taught them for a little bit. And I said, look, guys, I said, that's God. And um, he's speaking to you, and um, anytime you get that, you got to follow that. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you know, there are moments where it might be something small, but there are moments where there's life and death moments yeah. of, uh, of uh, don't go against that in your spirit, right. you know. And so, out of a place of freedom, because, how I mean, you know, he had the freedom, he had the freedom for me to do what he wanted to do. Like, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, I gave him, the, I, I, you know, go out, have fun with your friends, ride your bikes, hang out, whatever. He had that freedom. But in that place of freedom, the father came in and said, don't do that. Now, he still had freedom to do it. Amen. You follow me? But me, having resisted that unction enough to know <laughs> how dumb it is to resist that unction. How many of y'all have had a check and just pushed through it and went for it, right? All of us have. Just to make sure it was God, right? And then after something bad happened, <laughs> it's clearly God, yeah. And, um, but the beauty of it is, is in a place of freedom, he had a chance to be fathered by the Father. I'll say that again. In a place of freedom, he had a chance to be fathered by the Father. And so I told him, I said, gentlemen... I said, the lesson that you have learned tonight, you need to carry this the rest of your lives. Because, because, because you've heard God. Because they were shook. They were shook. Because they, 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 they were all experiencing it. you know. And, um, um, but they were safe and they were protected and nothing happened. But that, that moment of lesson, um, but see, that can only happen in freedom. Only in freedom can you hear God for yourself. Only in freedom can you hear God for yourself. And it's more important to me that, that my son hears God for himself. Because in the world we live in, we've we, we got to have that. You know, it's a, it's a safe place. It's a protected place. Amen. And, 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 and I told him, I said, you know what? You may never know what you were safe from until you get to heaven. You know, but it doesn't matter. And, and the thing that I really appreciate, and, and I told him, I said, look, never, never let peer pressure Determine it. It don't matter what anybody thinks. If it don't matter what anybody, if you get a check in your spirit, then you got to roll with that. And so, but but that type of maturity only happens in a place of freedom. You follow me? 
Because had I been the only voice of no in his life, and I'm just, no, 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 no. He's not conditioned to hear for himself. And so, there, and, and, and different kids can handle different amounts of freedom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but maturity only happens in freedom. There's some maturity that happened that night, last night. There's some maturity that happened in these boys, you know? And, um, it's a, and, and so freedom is a place where we can mature and we can grow up. Amen? And this is what God wants for us. And this is one of the beauties of the gospel uh, because it, it truly presents an atmosphere of freedom and not an atmosphere of control so that we can hear God for ourselves. Amen? And, but, but navigating freedom um, is something that you learn how to do. Um, it, it, it's something that you learn how to do. How many you know when the, when the slaves were set free you know, in the Emancipation Proclamation during the Civil War, how I many know oh, it took time for them to learn how to navigate freedom? You know, some of them didn't want to leave because they'd never known anything else. I mean, you know, there's some people that recognize that the gospel is true, but they're more comfortable in legalism because they feel safer somebody telling me what to do. You know, I don't want my own relationship with God. You tell me, you, I need somebody to tell me what to do. I need someone to be elevated above me. Amen. This is where Dan starts rocking out the one-liners that are true and funny. <laughs> I love that about Dan. Amen. Um, but, but, but God has that for us. Now, um, and so let's pick it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And, and what, I, what I really feel like the Lord has placed in my heart is just like a nugget of grace wisdom. You know, uh, a nugget of grace, uh, of grace wisdom on how to navigate freedom. You know, because in freedom, all, all, all the dots aren't connected. Amen? Um, you know, in legalism, it, it, it's all painted. You know, you do this and you get this. You know, it's all clearly here. But, but under, in a place of freedom, how many know that, it, <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit is the one that connects the dots? On what to do and, you know, what not to do and, and how to walk forward. Um, and so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23, Paul here is talking about freedom. And he makes this statement that stretches a lot, of, a lot of people. But he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. And so Paul... Um, and, you know, of course, in the context here, they're talking about food. They talked a lot about food and eating, you know, uh, meat offered to idols and stuff like that. That was a big point of contention um, during, during their time. Um, but, but, you know, Paul here recognizing, you know, wouldn't you love to have sat in on Paul's Bible college? Three years with the resurrected Christ. Jeez, it's awesome, man. That's what he had. That's what he needed to get free from what he was in. And, uh, but how I many know Paul recognized that he was free? And so here we, we see this statement, all things are, are, are lawful for me. And, and basically what he's saying here is, you know, um, now, he's saying I'm in a place, you know, how I many know you're not under the law, you're under grace, amen? And, and, and what that means is, that means that, that your, your identity um, is solidly based in Christ, solidly based in Jesus, um, it's not determined by your actions or behavior. Um, and your, your identity and your righteousness with God is solid. It's not going to be taken away from you. And, and you're, 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 you know, God is not going to be punishing you for sin. 
uh, God's not going to be imputing sin to you. Um, now, how many know that bad decisions still get bad results? Can I get an amen? You know, I'm not saying there's not an element of responsibility in, in your relationships and the way you conduct yourself. I mean, you know, ultimately, God's plan is that love would lead you, amen, that love would, would guide you and love would actually, um, you know, be the parameters of your freedom, amen. And love will, love will lead you to serve. Love will lead you, will constrain you, and will compel you. And uh, it's a more beautiful wind in your sails than fear and anger and all of those things, you know. Um, and so, but Paul here, he says, all things are lawful for me. And so what he's saying is, I'm free, man. I can do what I want to do. If I want to eat food offered to an idol, I'll eat it. If I want to wear a mask, I'll wear one. If I don't want to wear one, I won't wear one, you know. Um, if I want to watch this movie, I'll watch it. If I don't, I don't. If I want, I want to uh, freedom, right? But what he's saying here is in the midst of your freedom, there are things that are helpful and things that edify and things that don't, right? And so in the midst of your freedom, learning how to operate. And, and, and I'll, I'll bring my 14-year-old back in, into play here. Um, you know, one of the things that we have allowed him to do over summer and kind of over this quarantine thing is, I mean, I, we've not given him a bedtime. You know, you can stay up as late as you want to stay up over the summer, you know. And um, that's what we've done. And now that freedom, there's been times when he's used it well, and there's been times when he's abused it, right? But how many know that, that sleep has a way of... of Sleep will get paid. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Like, you can't make withdrawals from the no sleep account unending. Sleep will demand that a deposit is made. And so I, I've, I've watched him have some moments where uh, there, you know, he didn't sleep and he stayed up. And he had to pay the price the next day because we had things that we had to do as a family and all that. And we got to do these things. And he's over just kind of kind of suffering <laughs> in his place of freedom. And I've had moments where I really wanted to pull that freedom back a little bit because he had abused it, right? And, uh, but he's learning. He's learning, and he's learning there's a price to be paid for it, right? And so in freedom, he's learning some lessons um, of repercussion uh, that um, that can't really be taught by my hands. You tracking me here? Um, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's a million different other areas of, of freedom where where you you can kind of learn. But he's in a safe environment. He's in, he's in a controlled environment. Um, and how many know that the beauty of freedom is you can make mistakes in that place of freedom, and you're not going to be cast out. You're not going to be dropped off. You're still in the family. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Doesn't it feel good to just be loved, man? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just loved, and, and you're not going to be judged. You're not going to be cast out, and, and you're just you're you're in the family, and you're safe. And uh, man, I tell you what, until until you know that you're free to fail, you don't really know what freedom is. You got to be free to fail, and 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 free to you know, and the Lord just come and pick you up and rescue you. And and I honestly think that in in some of those moments, man, that's where we really fall in love with the Lord the most. You know, when in a place of freedom where we kind of mess everything up and we do something stupid and. And he comes and he rescues us and he helps us and he loves us and he doesn't pull back his love or his favor or even his blessing from us, you know. Those are real teaching moments of, of actually falling in love, you know. Uh, that's what happened to the prodigal son, you know. The prodigal son was given freedom and he abused it, you know. But, um, but 
but uh, he learned a lesson in the pig pen that he couldn't learn in the pew. That sounds like a bumper sticker, don't it? <laughs> learned a lesson in the pig pen that he couldn't learn in the pew. And, and thank God he was safe. And thank, but how many know when he came home in, in freedom, once again, his heart was wooed by the faithfulness and the love of his father. That even after he'd failed, um, his inheritance wasn't taken from him. His identity wasn't taken from him. He was still celebrated as a son. And man, it, it's those moments in grace where the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God leads you to change. And those moments are, I don't know, man, they're just so valuable. They're so valuable, and, and they teach you in a way that nothing else can. I mean, the Bible says the grace of God will teach you how to deny ungodliness. And I dare say that the prodigal son never ran to the, he didn't run to the pig pen again, because he knew the pig pen stunk. You know what I'm saying? And the father's house was great, you know? And so, um, but that couldn't have happened had there not been a place of freedom, right? You know, I never, you know, grace doesn't, grace is not a forced obedience. It's an invitation. Because God is more concerned about the state of your heart than the outward display of obedience of your hands. You know, he, he, wants your, he wants your heart. Only grace gets your heart. Only grace woos your heart. Only grace makes you fall in love. And, um, and so let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, please. And so, but in the midst of all of this, all things are lawful. Uh, you know, there, there's an element of learning that not all things are helpful. I mean, you know, as an adult, I can eat the entire gallon of ice cream. And I have, yeah. I can't, because, you know, and, and, and so, like, I can do that. You know, I mean, that's one of the cool, you know, that's cool things about being an adult, right? You know, you can just, you know, you get, get some things that you couldn't do as a kid, you know? But how many know there, there's a price to pay, though? <laughs> Sleep and all of these, you know, food and, yeah, and all these things. And, um, but, but um, I, I found out it wasn't helpful. <laughs> I found out it wasn't lawful. I mean, it was lawful, excuse me, but it did not edify. <laughs> it did not build me up, and it was not helpful, right? And, but, but there's a place in freedom where you can lose your freedom. And God doesn't want that for you. And you don't lose your freedom from Him. How many know that there are things that want to dominate you and control you in this life? And so a part of learning how to navigate our freedom is finding out all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient, not all things are helpful, not all things are edifying. And I want to make sure that my freedom is preserved. Amen? And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, he's, he's talking kind of along the same lines here. He says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful all things are lawful for me, but then he makes this statement, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. I like that. I like that. Because he recognized that in freedom, I could lose my freedom if I'm not careful. And, and, and so and that is the place of learning. Um, that's the place of maturing. That's the place of growing up. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it, it can also, freedom can be a dangerous place if we don't use it right. 
Y'all tracking me here? And so, um, God, I mean, you know, freedom can be abused. It can be. And, and, but the abuse of freedom doesn't change your identity. The abuse of freedom doesn't change God's heart towards you. But the abuse of freedom might um, affect your quality of life. And, and, and so, um, there, there, because how I many know there, there, are, there are powerful things, and I shouldn't say that, but he, he literally, he uses the word power. He said, I don't want to be brought under the power of anything, right? And, and me, you know, being a person that has come out of a lot of addiction, um, I recognize that there, there, uh, that there are things that can take your freedom from you. And uh, they can, and, and, and the thing about it is, and the challenge is, is, you know, when you're in legalism, you know, you, a lot of what you do, you just do because you're scared. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're scared of God, you're scared of the pastor, you're, you know, you, you know you, you're kind of living in this state of fear, and, you know, you get your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted, and, you're, you know, you, you look good outwardly, but inwardly, you don't really feel like a son, you don't really feel like a daughter, you don't really have this place of relationship, and, and then you come out of that, and then all of a sudden you're free, and then you're wide open. And, and, and there's a season, I think, of, of almost like this kind of teenage rebellion that people go through uh, when they come out of legalism. And, uh, um, you know, where they're like, you know, and I've, you've heard me share this many times, but, you know, God, do you still love me now? I'm not going to read my Bible today. Do you love me now? You know, I'm not going to church. Do you love me now? I'm going to do this. Do you love me now? You know, and, and if you're... Blessed to hear the voice of the Father, you'll find out that the answer is always, yes, I still love you. Yes, I still love you. Yes, I still love you. But how I many you know that in that place um, that, that um, the enemy would like to bring something in that would control you and to try to rob you of freedom? Because the enemy is a taskmaster. He's a controller. Um, and our Father is the one that, that provides freedom. And so we, we have to, to be careful. We have to learn how to navigate to navigate freedom, you know, um, and, and how many know that, that um, sin and the dominion of sin can be a powerful force of control? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've spent years of my life, you know, addicted to drugs and addicted to alcoholism and addicted to pornography and addicted to lying, addicted to anger and, you know, addicted to these things. And how many know people can be addicted to those things as a Christian, as a believer, you know? And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't change um, their identity. It doesn't change the way God feels about them. God still loves them. They're still forgiven. But their quality of life is going to be tremendously lessened because they may have been set free from the law and set free from legalism, but they're in bondage uh, you know, to, to a substance or to an emotion, to an anger, you know, to even to a person. And so, I mean, you know, God doesn't want anything uh, controlling you. You know, he doesn't want anything, you know, holding you down or hurting you or, or harming you. And uh, the wrath of God is displayed um, through his love. Uh, God has anger because he hates anything that's trying to hurt you. Y'all tracking me here? And, and, and uh, you know, that's why, he, you know, he, he, he was, his anger uh, was poured out, you know, against sin and, and against all those things that would hurt and harm us. And so... Um, he doesn't want anything controlling you. Um, and Paul here, he's saying, look, all things are lawful, but I don't want to be brought under the power of any. And so what we have to recognize is there are things out there that would try to enslave us. 
And as believers, we want to remain in a state of freedom because the quality of your life is always best when you're free. Amen? And so, um, and so in, in all of that, uh, now, the, 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 a very important thing to remember in the midst of all of that is how many know there's no condemnation? There's just none, man. There's no condemnation. There's never any condemnation from God. It just doesn't come from God, um, and, and there's not punishment against you uh, for sin or mistakes that you make. Uh, how many know Jesus did a great job on a cross? And he took care of all that for you. But there is a place of freedom that God wants to preserve for you uh, to keep you free. Amen? You know, you know like myself, for example, you know, I, I spent years and years addicted to drugs. You know? And so you know, now that I'm in a place of knowing that I'm loved and I'm forgiven... How many know the enemy would try would want to try to bring something like that back into my life to try to bring me back under the power of something to control me? Y'all tracking me here? And and so and, and what's challenging I think for some people is you know you know they get free and they understand they're forgiven and all that and and they're enjoying this freedom but then the enemy wants to try to bring something back in to to control them you know and and we have to be careful to let the spirit of God lead us in that. Amen. Let the Spirit of God lead us in that so that we're not brought back under the power uh, of anything. You know? and, and, you know, and, and see, there are good things that, that have the ability uh, to control us and to even, to even be abused. You know? um, how many know that, that, you know, you know that food can be bondage? You know, I mean, food can, can control somebody, you know, and I'm not up here really claiming I'm completely free from all of that because I still really... I like sweets, man, and, and uh, I don't handle it well all the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I work out so hard is so I can eat sweets. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. And so, um, but it's not at the point in my life where it's dangerous or anything like that, you know. But, but it, in, the, in the same breath, it does have the, power, the ability to control. How I many of sleep can be the same way? I mean, people can really, you know, sleep can, can look like an escape. You know, I've had times in my life where I use sleep as an escape, you know, because the world is so difficult and the world's hard and, you know, sleep can be an escape. I mean, you know, some sleep's good, but, but allowing sleep to become your place of escape, how I many you know God has, has better for you than that? Now, there may be seasons where, where that may be trying to come in. I mean, that's one of the ways depression tries to sleep in and isolate, isolation and all of these things. And, and I'm, please understand, as I'm sharing these things, I'm not condemning anyone that's struggling with this. All I'm saying to you is I'm saying that, that God loves you so much, he's, he, he has a greater place of freedom for you than that. He doesn't want you to be in bondage to that. Amen? And I just want to tenderly and gently just kind of reach out the hand and say, man, you know, God doesn't want anything controlling you. Amen? And, uh, you know, and so, you know, there's the freedom from, from, you know, food addictions, freedom from, you know, sleep. Uh, you know, how many old God created sex and sex is awesome? See how quiet I get in here. Uh, but it is. It's a gift. It's wonderful. It's a good thing. But how I many you know there's tremendous bondage uh, that is involved, you know, in lust and, you know, in pornography and, you know, and all of those things. They really try to, to just control people and, and ruin people's lives, man, and bring them into a sense of shame, you know. And, you know, and if someone's, you know, watching this or here and wrapped up in that, man, God loves you, you know. And you need to understand that you're the righteousness of God. And He's not going to take away your identity. And His heart is towards you. But as a loving Father, He doesn't like to see something control you. And He just looks at you and says, Sweetheart, i got a way out. 
I've got a way out for you. Amen? And, and there's an outstretched hand, and, there, and there's a way out. And uh, he always wants to, to bring deliverance. And, and, and I mean, you know, we, we live in a world, man, where, golly, man, sex is just everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. They use sex to sell yogurt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they do it because they know it's such a strong force or drive inside of people uh, that the world has really perverted it big time. And, and, and how many know, you know, everyone is just three clicks away from something crazy? You know what I'm saying? On your phone or whatever. And, and just three clicks away from something crazy. And so, I mean, oh, God doesn't want you to be in bondage to that. Amen? Because He loves you and He wants you to be free. And so out of a place of freedom, sometimes people, because they're not used to freedom and they don't know, know how to navigate freedom, they can make some mistakes and they can go down a rabbit trail and they can be in bondage to something you know, that's really hurting them or, or harming them. And, and uh, God loves them so much that he, that he doesn't want that for them. Um, how many know anger? Anger can be um, a, a um, it can be a very controlling. You know, I mean, we live in a time where there's a lot of really angry people. And uh, man, when people get people get angry, point that they 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 lose reason. Um, they lose uh, they lose an element of their appreciation of other people's humanity. You know, especially in 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 the online world that we live in. People say things that they would never say um, if they were face-to-face. And, and there are people who are so angry, man, they're just ready to, to marginalize and destroy people that don't agree with them. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's okay for the, I mean, the world's going to do that because that's what they do. But it's not okay for us to do that, you know, as believers. Like, we, it's not okay for us to, um, that, that's not who we are, amen? How I many you know we're supposed to stand in contrast to the world? And, and that contrast, you know, it's not so much visual, you know, what you're wearing and your clothes and hair and all that type of stuff like we focus on the past. Really, it's just it's, it's your heart. And it's uh, the, really the display of the fruit of the Spirit. And so, um, but how I many know anger can become addictive? You know, just angry and mad and condemning. And um, it can be a place of, uh, of, of where it has brought, it has brought, it's been, it, it has power over you. I can remember a time, and this is funny and it's hilarious, but it's true, man. I had a season in my life where if I could have, if I could have, if I could have, uh, <laughs> if I could have grabbed AT and T and just smacked AT and T upside the head, I'd have done it, man. I'd have done it. I had a season of, of, uh, of just like real challenge with AT and T, right? And I remember I was in my backyard one day, mad on the phone for hours with, with AT&T, just trying to pay my bill, man, just trying to pay my bill, <laughs> up, and they've done this and that and that, and I, there's somebody on the phone, and I can't understand anything they're saying, but, you know, the thick accent, you know, and it's not their fault that they have an accent, it's not their, this is just their job, it's just, they're human beings like me, you know, but, but the anger would want to amplify my life as being greater than their life. And here I am, mad at another human being over something they have no power over. It's like, that's not their fault they work for AT&T. You know what I'm saying? And, but, but, but I'm mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. And I'm in my backyard. Pastor Jeremiah Johnson in his backyard yelling at somebody on the phone. <laughs> Praise God. Just wonder how many of my neighbors were listening in to all that, you know. And, but I had reached a point of, and I'm not even an angry person. That's not something I really struggle with. But I had reached a point of anger in that time where I had no peace. 
no joy, and, and, and not a whole lot of control. <laughs> you know, and um, it was bad, man. Anybody ever experienced that before? Maybe in traffic or, or something like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, man, y'all, I forgot y'all the holy bunch. Just me, just me, just try being a redhead. Wow. You know, I probably know, I've known you for seven, probably seven or eight years. I have never seen you mad once. I've never seen anything but a smile on your face, man. So, uh, yeah. uh, amen. Praise God. That was a very bromance statement. Thank you, sir. <laughs> amen. Praise God. Um, what, what else can we be in bondage to? Help me out. What else, what else would try to come to you and offer itself to you in freedom, but then try to control you? Well, I'll give another example. I mean, like, for example, alcohol. How many know that, you know, uh, there's nothing, you know, how many know Jesus turned the water into wine? I mean, to me, that settles it right there. And so, like, drinking is not evil. But, 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 but drunkenness and it controlling your life is. And so, like, some people can drink responsibly, you know? Like, I mean, like, like Stacy's family, then people drink responsibly, man. They'll drink a couple beers, they'll be fine. My family, Psh, ain't no. We don't do nothing responsibly. <laughs> we don't eat cake responsibly, you know. <laughs> Ooh, I want a cake, you know. And so, like, I've never even seen responsible drinking even demonstrated to me before, you know. Like, I didn't know you could even do it, you know. And so, I got, in, I got in legalism. And I'm thinking, all oh, drinking's bad. It's from the devil. You drink a beer, God hates you, you know. I was never like that, but, but I wasn't too far from that. You know, because of what... But once I got into a place of freedom, I realized it's okay. It, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's not like... It's, it's not... Scripture does not denounce... It denounces drunkenness. Okay? So, how many know that it can be used responsibly? And there are people that do well with it. And there are people that don't. I'm one of the people that don't. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a part of my life, you know? But... But other people can handle it. And so the Spirit of God will not lead me down that path. Right. Whereas someone else, happy are they in that thing in which they do not condemn themselves. Right? But how I many you know, but you still got to be careful. Because it can present itself to you as a form of escape. You know, it, it, it just can't, alcohol cannot be your Holy Ghost. You know, and, and it can't, it can't, it can't, we have to be careful that it doesn't become a crutch or a coping mechanism because that's when it starts to sleek in and the next thing you know, I gotta have it. And if you're in a place of, you know, I gotta have it, then how many know now it's got power over you? And what happened was you you laid your freedom down at the feet of an idol. You know, and then there you are and you're not free. You know, even though, you know, we got our, you know, grace bumper stickers and all that, you know, in our car and all that and our, you know, grace posts on Facebook, but something has us and it's controlling us. And God's like, I love you too much for that. I don't want that for you. I want something better than that for you. Now, how many know that, that the whole time you're still loved, you're still forgiven, you still have freedom, but slowly this thing try to rob you of, um, of life, you know? Um, and you know, so anybody else? I've mentioned a couple. Anybody else got anything? 
Go ahead. Money. Gosh, that's a good one. Thank you for that. Money. Yes, man. So much. The love of money is the root of all evil. All of it. And uh, money. And here's another thing about money, too. Money provides freedom in this world. And if you don't know how to handle the freedom that money provides, God's not going to bring a whole bunch of it into your life because it'll kill you. Seriously, I mean, if you look at the lottery winners and you look at what happens when tons of money get dumped on somebody, it basically just amplifies everything that's in their life. And uh, uh, most of the time it doesn't end well. And, uh, but, I mean, you know, at the, I mean you know, God wants to bring uh, finances into your life. Can I get an amen? Because he loves you and he wants to help you. But you know what else he wants to do? He wants to, he wants you, he wants to be able to help people through your life. Amen? But, but the thing about it is, is if, like for example, when I first got saved, I'd do real good until Friday when I got paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to sin when you're broke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Friday would come. Like, it's when I first got saved, when I first got saved. And like, boom, options. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I have options now. I can do stuff. And now, and, and so, and you know, and, and, and didn't handle it well initially. You know, it did not, it took me time. It took me time to handle it. Um, you know, I made, you know, you know, because, because when, 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 when the money came, the freedom came and the options came. And the Spirit of God has to prepare you to handle finances so that you can say no. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, need to, you need to be able to say no. And, um, and that, I mean, oh, that takes time. Um, and that, that's something that, but I mean, oh, God wants to do that in, in all of our lives. You know, some people, there's certain sins they're not doing because they're too broke to do it. <laughs> Seriously, but then the money comes and now you got some, you got, you got some more options. And so now we need to have an element of maturity on the inside of you. So that the freedom that's placed around you externally, you can navigate it and it no longer controls you. Are y'all tracking me on all that? And, uh, because that's God's hope for your life. Ultimately, God wants, he wants you, He wants to be able to bless people through your life. I mean, that's how the blessing works. You are blessed to be a blessing. God wants to bless you, but He wants to bless those around you. And so there is an element, money is a unique thing in that, God will teach us how to steward money so that we can handle freedom so that it doesn't destroy us. Amen? And now I'm in a place that's greater than what I was when I first got saved to where now, you know, um, finances may come into my life, but it's not going to ruin me because of the things that God's developed on the inside of me. Are you all tracking me here? Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a place of maturity, but that's a, that's a really good example. Anybody else have anything? Something that could come in. Something that, that could be partaken of in a place of liberty that could control. Man, that's good. Excellent. Good point. Fitness, man. Fitness is really good. I mean, it's, it's good to be healthy. Um, it's, you know, it's good to exercise and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, you know, it can become a God. And uh, it can become the number one priority in your life. And if it, and, and it, and that, and there's, there's a real culture in the world we're living in where that's happening all the time. And uh, people become very self-centered, very self-focused, and, um, you know, it's just all about them. And, and now, is bodily exercise good? Eh, it profits a little, 
let's eat some more sweets, praise God. No, I'm just kidding. It's not in, that's not in Scripture. That's just Jeremiah right there. <laughs> yeah, I eat the whole cake, hallelujah. Um, but it's good, but I mean it's good in moderation. I had a period in my life when I couldn't handle it. And I've shared that before. Like I, I would, um, it, it, and it's a really good point. I had, I had a problem with, with fitness, you know, and, and uh, so I'd get weights, and then I'd have to, and then, then I'd get in bondage to it, and I'd have to give them away because I wasn't ready to handle it. That happened to me over and over again. In my, and I know that's a unique problem that a lot of people don't deal with, but, um, but, it, but it was. It, it became an idol to me. It became bondage to me. And uh, there was a season in my life where the Spirit of God would not, wouldn't, wouldn't really allow me to do that. Now, I could have went against it. You know, he let me run until I was blue in the face because I hate, you know, because I never had any trouble with that because I don't like to run. But, um, but, but now I'm in a place where I can handle it and I can operate in it and it, it, doesn't, be, it, doesn't, it doesn't control me. Are you all tracking me here? And that's a, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a different, that's a work that God's done in my heart. And so now I can partake of fitness, but it's not the number one thing in my life. See, God doesn't want anything to be the number one thing in your life except Him. Not your job, not your marriage, not your children, nothing. See, any time something gets lifted up above Him, it becomes an idol. And it can, it, can, it, can kind of, it can be a little difficult to hear him around an idol. And that's not a real popular statement to make in gray circles, but it's true, though. Because when something becomes number one, that idol's right here, and I just see it. And I don't really see him. You know? And he's, on the, he's around there like, hey, <laughs> I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm life. Not that. You can have that, but it can't have you. And right now it has you. So I need to remove it from you to set you free. And then I might bring it back into your life, but it needs to not have you. You, you need to have it. Right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. You follow me? Um, and so God, God's, he's jealous, man. He's like, I'm number one. I want to be number one. Now, when he's number one, everything, the marriage gets taken care of, the kids get taken care of, everything else gets taken care of, but he needs to be number one. When he's not number one, things get off. And, um, and I do think that a part of what we do, uh, I, I think church can help you regulate that. You know, Like you get into a, a place of worship like we had this morning, and man, all the idols melt away. You know what I'm saying? And you start to see what really matters, you know? And, 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 um, and I, I do think that church in the right circumstances will really help keep you out of something becoming more important than God. Because, I mean, everything's trying to be more important than God. Everything is. It's like, I'm more important than God, you know? You need me. And most time it's money. Most time it's money. Money's, money tries to be God, you know? And, uh, but God's always just bringing, bringing you back, bringing you back, bringing you back, bringing your balance, you know? And, and um, let him be number one, and then you know your everything else will fall into place. Amen. And so, Bambi, did you have something? Yeah. Good. It's good. It's good. Let's talk about that. You know, when I first came out of legalism, I wanted to see every movie that came out. 
because I spent years because we didn't go to we didn't go to movies. You know, we didn't go we didn't do sports. We didn't do any of that because that that's for less spiritual people than we were. You know, because we were so awesome. And so we thought that, you know, if you watched a movie or you went to a sporting event, you were lower. You were, you know, you were like a, you know, I don't know. You were lower. And so we didn't watch movies. We all watched them. We did it secretly. You know what I'm saying? We did it like, it, God's not looking to take away life from you. He's looking to give you life. And so when, 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 when something has power over you and it becomes an idol, it starts to take away life from you. And that's when it becomes a problem. And so, like I said, when I first came out, I wanted to see every, you know, every single movie. And I mean, you know, entertainment's okay. I mean, entertainment's good. It's, you know, it's just like anything else. If it's done, you know, in moderation or whatever, that it, it, it's good. But um, it, it can, once again, it can become a form of escape. Um, it can become, uh, it can be, it can, it can consume you, man. And we live in a time when everything's got a screen, everything, everything's got a screen, and everything has the ability, you know, to entertain. And so. Um, we don't want to be brought under the power of that. You know, I, I had uh, years ago I ministered to a guy, uh, you know, years and years ago, but he had a video game addiction, and so bad, like it was destroying his marriage. And he, this is a grown man, and um, and like he came up for prayer and stuff, and he needed help. And I wish I, I wish I'd understood the gospel back then, but I didn't. And so all I had for him was the club. You know? <laughs> That's all I could do is condemn him, you know, uh, and give him advice, you know, and, and tell him what to do without love. How I many know advice without love is like condemnation? <laughs> and uh, but but it, it it you know it's a real thing. Like it it really like his wife was in tears, and they were really going through a really difficult time. Because those those video games, although they were supposed to, you know, be a blessing, you know, help to be a blessing to him, something that he could enjoy, became something that consumed his life. And a video game would come out, a certain type of video game, and he would go get it. He wouldn't go to work. He wouldn't leave the house, and he'd do nothing but play it. And how I many know that video game uh, brought it? It, it, it um, he was brought under the power of it. Now he was a believer. How I many know he's forgiven? Stop. But I mean, it was it was it was destroying his marriage. It it, it 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 was messing up his life, and he knew he had a problem. He knew he got. I just pray to God that the man got set free, because. Um, but so that's a, that's another good example, you know. It is 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 media and is entertainment. It can, um, you know, it can bring you under its power, you know, and uh, I think that's something that we have to to be careful of. But in a place of freedom, I mean, you can watch a movie. Okay, get an amen. You can go to a sporting event. I mean, you know, God wants to enjoy life with you. And that's one of the things I think we really understand. We begin to understand in grace is the Lord wants to live life with us, and He wants us to enjoy our lives, and He, he wants to, to, to do it with us. Amen? But the moment something starts to bring you, it starts to control you, that's when we have a problem. And God loves you. He's a jealous God, and He doesn't want anything to capture your attention the way He does. Amen. And so sometimes he'll 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 give us a little a little nudge or a little you know just saying hey you know and, and what I want to do when I feel like we're, we're we're moving towards in this message I want to pray for everybody here and everybody watching online that if something does have power over you that it would be broken today that there'd be that you know because the spirit of God can do that he can he can just he can do in a moment what years of counseling you know takes you know he can he can he'll just snap it off. 
Now, now, then you have a place of freedom again. But what, what I encourage, by His Spirit, He'll break it off of you. But how many know you, you have a choice? How many know you, you can, how many know you can walk back to it though? Or you can choose not to. And, but sometimes you just need that place where the yoke is snapped off of you. The Bible, the book, God says, I'm with you to deliver you. So no matter what you get into, no matter what you get involved in, I'm, I'm going to deliver you. I'm, I'm going to deliver you. Can I get an amen? We have that kind of God. He's going to deliver us. But he also wants us to, 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 to maybe recognize and take a look at not walking down that road again. Right? You know, for example, I can now exercise fine. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not out of balance like it used to be. So now I can handle it. Um, but like there are other things in my life that I don't need to be around, you know? I mean, like if we were all to go out to, to eat today and, and everybody, you know, order beer and drink beer, it wouldn't bother me at all. Like that doesn't really bother me. Um, but that's not a road that I'm ready to walk down with where I'm at in my place of freedom. Are y'all tracking me? So anyway, and so anything else? Yes. <clears throat> Yeah. And that principle applies to everything. Yeah. Um, Jesus talked about how you can't serve God and serve man. And, you know, sure. It's, it's whether something masters you. Yeah. If it masters you, it's an idol. Yeah. And there's a difference between doing something and doing something with the Lord. That's right. And if you keep your objective to be doing all things with Him, that's excellent. That's good. Then yeah. you stay out of trouble. That's right. If I play video games, yeah. I play video games with yeah, and he'll help you. Yeah, and you'll yeah. enjoy it more. Yes. Because in him we move and have our being. It's good, man. If I go to enjoy something, and I know the Lord's going with me, and yeah. the Lord's with me, yeah. that means it's going to, first of all, it's going to be ten times better. Come on, brother. If I just did it without him. With him. I mean, and, 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 you know, Moses, Moses said this. He said, Lord, unless your presence lead us from here, yeah. do not take us from this place. Yeah. And, and if we posture our hearts that God wants to give us abundant life. God wants us to have it's good. Because that place is the place of peace. There's no shame. There's yeah. no guilt. There's no nothing there. You and you can fully enjoy and experience the abundant life through you can experience abundant life in playing golf. You can experience abundant fishing. Whatever activity you're doing, you're doing it with the Lord. It's good. You can experience him in that place. It's good. And then also in him being with you, you're not doing it condemned. If you're doing it condemned, it's not fun. And so, because that's what the enemy likes to do. He, he, he likes to create that place of bondage, and then every time you're doing it, you're doing it condemned. And you, you can't have happiness and peace and condemnation at the same time. Everything that we've mentioned today that I talked about being brought on the path, none of it's bad. God, God, all those things can be enjoyed with the Lord, all of them, and and He'll bless you in it too, you know. And He'll be with. But but if you're if you're doing it, and see when you're doing it condemned, you're trying to do it apart from Him. You're trying to do it apart from Him, and He's saying, "I want to. I want to be involved. I want to be there with you. I want to enjoy it with you." His word abides in us. We bear fruit. Yeah. It's all about. 
wants to fellowship with us every minute. I mean, he, he adores us. And he wants to be involved in every millisecond of every day. It's good. He wants to take a sh- I mean, and he wants to do everything with you. Cook with you. Clean yeah. with you. Like, yeah. To, so you can experience his life. And here, here's the thing. He's with you either way. He ain't leaving. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I mean, you know, even when you sin and fall short and you make a mistake, he's still there. <laughs> he ain't leaving. Like, that, that was something so taught incorrectly under legalism. Like, the Lord's going to leave. He don't leave. He moved in. He lives there. Like, you'd have to chop your arm off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're one with Christ. And so he's always there. But the key of, of relationship is whether there's the presence or absence of condemnation. Because when, when, you're, when you're, how many know and, the, you know, and this happens a lot, how many know there's so much garbage taught about sex in the church that people feel guilty about having sex? There's nothing dirty about sex. Sex is beautiful. God created it. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's something that should be enjoyed. But it's been, some people have been so jacked up from church teaching that they can't even enjoy um, something that God gave as a gift because people want to act like it's dirty. There should be no condemnation in the marriage bed. There should be none. There should be total, it's holy unto the Lord. You know, there should be no condemnation, you know. And, and, and I feel like God wants to bring a redemption in, in people's lives concerning that area. Because for some reason, there's more shame attached to sexual sin and sexual stuff than anything else, man. More than drugs, more than... I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that. Uh, but there, there's such shame that's there. And uh, man, I just really feel like by the Spirit of the Lord that God wants to, wants to heal that in some people, like right now. Um, that they've experienced a lot of really bad things, you know, concerning sex and that God wants to heal that to make it beautiful for you so that it's something that you can enjoy and recognize that it's a gift and that it should not be something that's done in condemnation or guilt. Give me one second. You're fine. And, uh, and, 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 and I just want to pray for you. Father, right now, whoever that is here or watching online that has dealt with condemnation and guilt Concerning the marriage bed, it's a marriage bed. It's a bed. It's it. Sex is for married people. And and Lord, I just I just thank you that by your Spirit that you would that you would remove that off of their lives. And just just because of the fact that you're talking about it right now, Lord, is is because you want to touch that area and you want to bring truth and you want to bring freedom and beauty to that union to the marriage bed. Lord, I thank you that it's a holy place. It's undefiled. And Lord, I thank you that you want to be a part of that in someone's life, Lord. And it's not a shameful thing, but it's a beautiful thing. And Lord, I just thank you for your redemption. You're redeeming that for them because you love them. Because you're like, this is a gift. I want you to enjoy it. And Lord, we just thank you that you do that. You do that by your spirit, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. What were you going to say? People experience shame in that because when we, when we commit lust and sexual sin, the Bible says we sin against ourselves. Mm. And what walked me out of freedom of that is I had to learn to forgive myself for what I did. Yeah. And a lot of people don't ever have done things before their marriage. Sure. And never forgave themselves of what they did for sinning against themselves. 
Yeah. So that gives the enemy a place of shame in their life, and they use that shame, and then that comes into the marriage bed. And I can't tell you the power it was when I learned to like let go of the shame and guilt and forgive myself for what I did, because mm-hmm. the shame I felt, and then I was holding it against myself. Mm-hmm. The freedom that that it broke that condemnation and that shame away from me. It's good. And um, I just felt that for some people too. You're still, you haven't forgiven yourself for what you've done. God's forgiven you. Come on. But you haven't forgiven yourself because what you did was so dirty and so horrible. Mm. And there was so much shame put on you. And you need to forgive yourself. Like the Lord's forgiven you. Yeah, yeah. He's not holding it against you. It's good. The, the, the problem you get, and the, the problem that people, the, the redundancy of, it, of, of pornography and sexual addiction mm-hmm. is because it's a loop. Mm-hmm. It's because people do it, they feel so shame and guilty, mm-hmm. and their conscience condemns them. That's what happens. It's mm-hmm. now, now your own conscience is condemning you. Mm-hmm. And to get free of that, you have to forgive. And you, it's, it's a place of humility. It says, you know what? God, there's, there's, there comes a place of humility in God where you receive his love and his grace. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, because if you're looking, measuring yourself to whether you're deserving of receiving his forgiveness, mm-hmm. you won't experience the freedom of it. It's good. And I've seen in my own life and in, in, in others mm-hmm. where they're carrying it, where they where they did something they were ashamed of it, mm-hmm. they've never really forgiven themselves of it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they've sinned against themselves. Yeah. If, yeah, they sinned against. But the Bible says you sin against yourself, mm-hmm. so you've mm-hmm. got to forgive yourself of what you've done to be broken of that it's shame. Good. So that so the enemy quits you, keeping you in that continuous silence. Uh, cycle of condemnation mm-hmm. condemnation it creates a condemnation loop like what you just shared is excellent because um, because what happens is it, it creates a loop of repeated behavior because you know and because condemnation makes sin attractive anyway and then when sin happens then it increases the condemnation and then it just creates a loop and that doesn't have to be in sin it can be in anything but 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 the freedom of forgiveness and God's grace actually because you listen this is really important you got to remove the condemnation first before the behavior changes absolutely don't be concerned that, like we get so focused on the behavior no focus on the condemnation because what's happening is the condemnation is you're not believing correctly you're believing the lie that God is against you and so you you and that's this is where grace really this is where grace removes the dominion of sin. Is it removes the condemnation before it changes the behavior. Oh gosh, I could just... So important. Removes the condemnation before it changes the behavior. What does that look like in a practical sense? That looks like this. Even in the midst of my sin and mistake, I declare I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I honor the Lord in that He... he I honor the Lord in that I recognize His cross as a success. Yes. It's so important, man. And so what happens is, is I receive the gift of no condemnation in the midst of my sin. That's what the woman caught in the act of adultery did. She didn't change her behavior. She changed her focus and she changed what she believed. Because the Lord proved to her, I can condemn you, but I'm not. Because I love you. Because I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to save you. And so the condemnation's got to be broken first. It's got to be broken first. before the. So don't focus on the behavior. This is really important. Don't focus on the behavior. Focus on the Lord. Focus on, focus on getting the condemnation out. How do you do that? Well, you hear the gospel just like you're doing. 
But then you also, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the midst of your sin, while you're sinning, can you say it? Can you say what he did for you while you're sinning? While you're sinning. While you're sinning. Struggling with pornography? While you're sinning. Say it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because I'm here to tell you right now, if, if, if we can pull, if we can, if we can get the condemnation rug out from underneath that idol's feet, the idol will fall. The behavior will change. But it starts in your heart. That's where it begins. The condemnation is the real, the condemnation is the real issue. Not the behavior. The behavior is just a result of the, of the condemnation. Y'all tracking me? See, see, legalism always focuses on the behavior. The kingdom's not really like that. The kingdom focuses on the heart and the condemnation. Jesus forgave the woman first. I mean, I love it. He never, he did, he forgave her before he addressed. He gave her the gift of condemnation first. Neither do I condemn you. And then just pause. <laughs> Don't add nothing to it. Whatever you're struggling with right now, those of you that are here, those of you online. The Lord says, I don't condemn you. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. You're mine. I love you. You're clean. Can't nothing dirty you. I've cleansed you. You're clean from the inside out. Neither do I condemn you. And then you just stop. And you just can't add anything to it for a minute. And that's where church gets nervous. They get nervous, they get nervous in the pause. They're like, I'm not condemned. No, no, man. No, Jesus will always condemn your accusers. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know that uh, the accusers <laughs> were condemned, not the woman. And the, once the accusers were removed, she could finally see the beauty of Jesus' acceptance. And then he said, now go your way and sin no more. What is he saying? Go be free. Be free. Be free. Enjoy life. But don't let anything bring you under power. You're created for more than that. Amen? Because, because what, what, the ultimate goal of sin and temptation and even bad behavior is, is to mar your perception of your identity. That's the ultimate goal. That's what the enemy tries to do. He's trying to put a garb on you that doesn't belong there. See, we talk about the robe that was placed on the prodigal son's shoulders. But how many know he came wearing a robe that you couldn't see? Shame. Selfish. No good. Dirty, rotten. Sinner. You know? Not worthy of sonship. The enemy's always trying to put clothes on you that aren't yours. How does it happen? In the form of identity. In the form of a label. You're just an angry person. You're just a lustful person. You're just a you're just a glutton. You're just a liar. You're just a whatever. Look, folks. Did Jesus do a good job on the cross? Yes, he did, right? And so, man, there is absolute there's no moniker hanging over your life. There's no garb hanging upon your shoulders. And that's why and then Brian was sharing this early. You, we know no one according to the flesh. Do not allow a failure to become your identity. And this is where the fight of faith begins. This is where you've got to stand up and declare what God has said about you. 
Because the greatest witness against your righteousness is, you, is your conduct. <laughs> it's the greatest witness. Why? Because you make mistakes, right? Your mistakes would say and try to define you. And then the enemy's always working overtime to try to get you to put on a garment. How many, how many believers are beautiful and alive, but they're wearing grave clothes like Lazarus coming out the tomb like that's who they are. They're dead men walking. And the Lord said, you know, the Lord has resurrected you, but now he's in the process of removing the grave clothes and keeping them off of you because the enemy's always trying to put, put another identity on you. Just like when I was talking about me being mad at AT&T, I had a season of anger. <laughs> I did. I had a season of, which is not like, that's not... You know, my, my challenge is, I mean, I just want to eat all the food and, you know what I'm saying, and I want to, I make mistakes. Yeah, all the Pop-Tarts, amen, everybody knows, amen. But, but like, anger is not something that, that I really, it, I mean, it's not been like a stronghold in my life, but I had a season where the enemy was trying to, trying to drop that, that, that garment on me of an angry person. And I had a season where I was mad. And you know what happened? It affected my life, man. Like, how many know anger is running around out there? If you want to be mad about something, it's a great time, man. We'll, we'll give you something to be mad about. Oh, you don't got something? Here, we give you 25 reasons why you need to be mad, you know? And, and what it did, you know what it did? It impacted, my, it impacted me as a husband. It impacted me as a father. It impacted me as a minister. It impacted me because there was a garment that was trying to be placed on me and become a part of my identity that was not God's plan for my life. How I many know you got to throw that garment off and declare that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Amen? And um, because nothing has the power to brand you. Amen? I mean, oh, you've, you've already been branded the righteousness of God. Amen? And so, these, what we're discussing here, these are, these, um, these practical elements of wisdom in freedom is what is going to, to maintain your freedom and keep your freedom and, and, and keep you free. Amen? And so, if, if you've had something that's tried to come in. You know, and I also I think that a lot of people, as a result of the whole, all the quarantine thing, pe- people have looked for forms of escape. You know? You know, people may have drank a little more than they used to drink. People may have watched a little more TV than they used to. May have eaten a little bit more. May have slept a little bit more. All these things. And, yeah. And, and so, but, but I think the, the, the word from the Lord to you is, is you know, I, I, I have freedom for you. It is for freedom that I have set you free. Don't let anything have power over you. Amen? Now, the, the, the deliverance begins with no condemnation. And a, a restructuring, a, a, re, a, a re-recognizing of your identity. How many of you know the prodigal had to be reminded he was a son? Everything the father did for him was to remind him he was a son. Robe, ring, shoes, provision, reminding you that you're a son. Because it, it, it's in your sonship or your daughtership that, that where freedom is, is maintained. Amen? And so that's, that's God's word towards you as a word of freedom. And so we have to learn how to navigate freedom and how to mature in it and how to handle it and not to allow anything to have power over us. Now, how do we do that in a practical sense? Well, when you get that check right here. This, you know, when, when, you, when you're about to do something, the Lord's like, Argh. And how many know a lot of these checks are small checks? Like we talked about earlier when we started the message, my 14-year-old son had a major, the strongest check in his spirit he's ever had in his life. But how many of you know there's a series of, of just little, like, 
That's what, that's what growing up spiritually is all about. I mean, it's not about analysis or intelligence. It's just about following your heart, you know, which I love that. Like the other day, I think it was yesterday, we, you know, we've been traveling. We were coming back, you know, from that conference and from vacation and all that. And I was about to say something to my pregnant wife. And the law was like, you don't want to say that. <laughs> and he didn't say it to me like that. You know, it was just a, just a little, uh, and I didn't say it. We was all happy. <laughs> and it wasn't anything bad, and it wasn't even anything, you know, but it was just a, don't walk down that road. Don't say that. You know, and it's just a little tiny, I mean, that's, that's the abundant life that God has for you. Because I was about to walk down a road that, um, that, that would have produced strife in my home, you know? And I don't want that, and you don't want that. And so, in here, like when you're on the internet, you're clicking here, you're clicking there. I mean, you know, there's that there's fresh place, uh, don't go there, or don't watch that movie, or don't, and let's talk about this for a minute, don't hang out with those folks. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, we as grace folk, and I'm closing, we as grace folk, we champion the concept of not judging the sinner. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. And how I many of that's something that, that we're learning as the body of Christ. We're learning how to handle people that aren't saved. And that's something the church needs to learn how to do. Because what we've done in the past is we just say, we don't like those people. We condemn those people. They're not like us. And that's not the kingdom. That's not the gospel. How many of Jesus went with those people? But please understand this. There's a difference between ministry and fellowship. And, 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 and there, 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 are, there are people that you don't need to spend tons of time around or it's going to affect you in the way you walk and the way you live. The Bible says you spend a lot of time with an angry person, you're going to grow angry. And so there's an element of wisdom in who you're spending your time with. Can I get an amen? And that's also why Christian fellowship is so important. You know, you know, just being around each other, just spending some time around each other. How I many know we, we ideally we elevate each other? We, 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 we cause each other to focus on the right things and we, we sharpen each other. But um, there are, you know, there are, there, are, there are places you shouldn't be, people you shouldn't be around. Amen. Now, am I going to, as, as a minister, stand up here and tell you what those places are? No. It's between you and the Spirit of God. But if the Spirit of God gives you a earn, then you're going to have to back up. Once again, there's a difference between ministry and fellowship. Yeah. Amen? And so what this does, this kind of brings balance to something that the, grace, that the grace reformation or whatever is bringing balance to. We're learning how to not judge and condemn the sinners and reach out and help them. But, but how many you know, when I first come out of drug addiction and alcoholism, I didn't need to go hang out with my old party buddies. Right. And their first season, I did. And you know what happened to me? Bad things. I went, I went straight back down that awful road that I used to go down. You know what? It lessens my voice. Because they're like, oh, okay, you got Jesus now? Well, here, why don't you hit this joint? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, you know, and, and now what I say doesn't carry weight because I'm no different than they are. Are y'all tracking me here? But, but now God brings all those people back into my life um, and, because now I'm at a place where I can handle it. But I'm also not going and just hanging out with them and spending hours and hours of my day. Are y'all tracking me here? And there's kind of a balance there. And so I'm glad that that was brought up because that's an important point. So anyway, with that, God, um, he, he has freedom for us, man. And he wants, 
He wants, he wants to keep us free. So um, I just, um, I, I, at this time, I just, when, I was, when we were in worship today, um, I just saw, um, and this is almost cliche because you hear it all the time, but it's really not cliche because it's true, but I saw chains pop off of somebody. I saw hands like this that were chained up, and I saw the chains pop off. And so what I feel like is going to happen today is that, that that area where in your freedom you've lost some control and something has, 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 uh, has been brought has power over you, that God's going to set you free. He's going to snap that thing today. And um, just supernaturally, because he does that. Um, but then what he, what he wants you to do is he wants you to, 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 to mature and handle your freedom. And so when he gives you that, that no, follow that. So you don't end back up there again. Are y'all tracking me here? Yeah. Amen. Okay. So just let's just receive. So if you're watching online or you're here and just uh, you know if you want to lift up your hands, you know just to receive, I just want to pray over you and your family. So Father, we just uh, we lift ourselves up to you. We are kids, and Lord, we're in this world. We're not of it, but this world's always trying to. It's always trying to control us. It's always trying to harm us and take away our freedom. Lord, we just lift up, just as an act of faith, um, just lift your hands up to the Lord. You know? And you may be bound in an area. It might be food. might be sex. might be money. might be entertainment. might be anger. might be alcoholism. Slipped into maybe drinking a little more than what you should. might be prescription medication. might be might be a relationship you shouldn't be in. Whatever it is, it's robbing you of the freedom that Jesus died to provide for you. And your Father loves you enough to place this word in my heart and to, and, and to, to deliver you. So Lord, we thank you. You are with us to deliver us. And we lift up our hands to you. And that chain may, have, may be there now. But Lord, we thank you that you are you're the chain breaker. You're the freedom giver. And Lord, we present ourselves to you as your children. Break this yoke off your people's life right now in Jesus' name. Break it off. And bring a fresh place of freedom. A fresh place of freedom. A fresh place of freedom. Just the, the, the deep breath of liberty. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, you are with us to deliver us and you love us too much to keep us in that place. And Lord, I just thank you that by your Spirit you've delivered that to your people and you give us the wisdom to walk in freedom and to do it in maturity and to not place ourselves in bondage to anything. And Lord, we just, we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen.